the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Quarantine time. We are all separate. And uh, we have, uh, what, four people here? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. John. How you doing? Yeah. Jake. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Jake. How Hello. you doing? Doing great. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Patrick, how are you? How you yeah, how you doing? Bueno, bueno. Justine, how's it going? What's up? Oh, we're going to do that? We're going to do it. What's up? Taking it back 20 years. <laughs> I love it. What's up? That's got to be 20 years old, right? What's up? What the what's yeah, up? Yeah, that's pretty, pretty 90s. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Love it. Ah, oh, those are the days. Those were the days. Remember those? Ah, oh, the nineties. Pre-corona. Oh. <laughs> are you guys oh, doing? Those are the days. How's everybody holding up, man? Is everybody doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. So far. It's a beautiful day outside. It's Earth Day, guys. Earth Day. Welcome back. Welcome to Earth Day. What is, is it? What's happy Earth Day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the fiftieth Earth Day. Uh, yeah. 50th Earth Day. Hello. John, what did you do for the first Earth Day? Do you remember? <laughs> I... Why are you laughing? <laughs> I, was, I was in first grade. I don't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah, that's a, that's a, legitimate, that's a legitimate question. Why did you do that? I don't know. Did you... I was, uh, I don't know. I was, I was finger painting. I don't know. Whoa. I, that, did, that sentence did not end the way I thought it was going <laughs> to. Yeah. <no. laughs> Well, welcome back, everybody. Wherever you guys you know are, I mean? we, wherever you guys are, we hope you're doing well. And uh, you know, these are some. We've been at this, uh, you know, a while now, a month here in California. Um, yeah, just about. And uh, you know, now we're we. I'm thinking of going out and protesting because, guys, I need a massage, and uh, mm-hmm. there's nothing I want to do better. Than, yeah. <laughs> Well, don't for, don't forget your gun. If you're going to protest, don't forget your rifle. You got to have your gun so in you case you so that. you can shoot the virus. You can shoot at the virus. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And the president's all right on. Go get them. It's yeah. like great. Yeah. Of all the times we need people to come out and uh, you know uh, protest, the, you know this is the time yeah. they choose. Uh, you know, I so. think what like to take from that really is just how impressive and amazing those nurses that actually stood up against these people. Oh, for sure. We're like, that's that's the part that really stands out to me. And then, you know, yeah. what's going to happen is, you know, they get sick and then the same nurses are going to have to take care of them. Yeah, exactly. It's fucked up. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. Well, uh, uh, did you see, yeah, people that voted in the Wisconsin primary got sick. <laughs> oh, really? Well, wow. yeah, a bunch of them. Kentucky people that were like working the polling places got sick. Kentucky they, had uh, they wouldn't let them do some, it by mail. Kentucky had some protests a couple of weeks ago, and they've they've now spiked. They've now they, yeah. they've now hit like a record number of people with it because that's well, maybe what now they maybe now they feel it's real. You know, and if you're in a freaking Florida, open their beaches again. It's insane, dude. Yeah. Well, they opened the beaches here in California. Orange County just reopened some of the beaches, but from what I understand, there's no parking. So you can't park at the beaches. The beaches are open, but you can't park there. And if you park in the residential area, you get a ticket. So mm-hmm. um, they don't, really don't want Seems people. It's just for, well, no, just they, for residents. Yeah, yeah, they really don't want people outside coming to the beach. They just want the beaches are open if you're in that area, but don't get in the car and drive down here. 
Right. Yeah, my sister said at one of the lakes, I guess they added more water, so it was too high for people to put their boats down. Oh, so it like flooded the marina? Nice. Yeah. That's that's smart. Um, they just raised it higher. Government, man, they're crazy. Here they in power of the water. Here you go. Here in um in right here right near us at Carbon Canyon Regional Park, there's some trails. So they just closed all the parking. We live within walking distance, so you know it's like it's like if you can get there, it's accessible. That's fine, but they don't want people driving from other cities to come in and use the the parks mm. and stuff. And I guess the beaches, the restrooms aren't open. Um, none of like the you can't use any of the grills or anything like that. It's just you can go walk around the, on the beach. So I'm fine so with like that. If you live on the beach, you're set. If you live at the beach, you're set. Yeah. Otherwise, don't come. Right? Yeah. If you yeah. live like three three Basically. three blocks from the beach and you want to come down and ride your bike, that's fine. But don't come down yeah. here from somewhere else is basically what it is uh, um but you know in G- georgia georgia yeah. this weekend they're set to uh reopen some movie theaters and some uh some barber shops yeah. they, they want to get in there so uh and from what well, i just how about it yeah because people are starting to look spike. pretty ragged and from what i understand yeah. the rnc is people is, is, is mm-hmm. they're a dead set on on having their the republican national convention uh without uh, delay so i'm i'm all for that mm. Go out there and, and Go ahead. You know. <laughs> <laughs> nice voters. Yeah. Yeah. Get out Have there. At it. Have at it. Hug each other. Um Hey, the more the better. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna I wanna see it I wanna see it packed to the rafters, guys. I wanna see it packed to the rafters. Uh that's right. That's right. <clears throat> uh Guys, it's been I listen, I've been exploring uh some movies that I wouldn't normally touch with a ten foot pole. Um, what have you guys been doing? What have you guys? How have you? How have you been keeping busy? I know you're working. Me and Jake are the only yeah. two slugs that aren't working. That takes up yeah. a lot of our time. I know. It's how just are you? All day yeah. for us because it's ten to six. How are you? Oh man, or how, nine to six. How are Sorry, you guys holding up? Tired. My legs it's are right. Right. You know, people are still. You would think with everything going on, like people at least would be understanding or respectful, but. People are still shitty, and I got cursed out like four times the other day on the phone. Why? Wow. Why? Uh, people wanting their orders because they don't want to place an order over the internet. They'd rather use the phone. They want to come in the store. Just like things that we're not letting people do. Aren't they just thankful you're open? Some, they yeah, used some to people be. genuinely are, but other <laughs> people, like, it's getting back to the point where it's like, okay, it's normal retail life. Wow. Well, then if, if they like don't shit. like it, if they don't like it, tell them they can go to Joanne's and stand in line for four hours. Well, I mean, yeah, you would hope. But <laughs> again, it's just it's ridiculous. Oh, boy. People need their crafts, yeah. Patrick. Right. I know they need their fucking glitter and they need it now. I need my googly eyes. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys sell those little googly eye things? We do. What are they called? Googly what eyes. They're right next to the pom poms and the pipe cleaners. Are they really? Yeah, you got to make you use yeah. the little pom poms. You make little little characters. Love it, boy! That killed the conversation. I don't know why. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought I was really bringing some to the table there. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you guys caught up on Go any? There, I, I... Uh, what, John? Hmm? I was. I interrupted John. I'm sorry. No, no. I was going to say. I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing. Hey, I could hear. I hey, can't hear Chris. Jake anymore. 
Let's start the show all over again. <laughs> <laughs> and from the top. All right, here we go. And, and from the top. Action. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm kidding. Uh, whoa, what's that? The Hound of the Baskervilles. What's going on? Watson. again. Watson, my pistol. By the way, the train again. Oh, that was a train. It sounded like a dog. It was a dog. No, that was a train. Uh, There's a dog chasing a train. Wow. There's dog yes. chasing a train. I'm just a, a boy standing in front of a dog chasing a train. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the kind of fun we have on this show, guys. Uh, let's talk there- about it. I watched the Aladdin, live action Aladdin, guys, on Disney+. Ooh, Plus. Ugh. You know what, John? You know what, John? I didn't hate yeah. it. I didn't hate it. Yeah, it's okay. It, it wasn't. Who's the genie? Uh, Will Smith. Uh, I found out something surprising about Will Smith. Will Smith can't sing. Nope. Yeah, he's a rapper. Nope. How, how is it he can't sing? Some rappers can sing, some can't. I found out Will Smith can't. <laughs> but he was pretty good as uh, the genie. He's no Robin Williams. Don't go in expecting Robin Williams. But John, here's yeah. the here's the thing I got excited about. During the, uh, yeah. the 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 opening sequence where Aladdin's running from the law and he does the uh, he's doing one step ahead of the lawman, you know that whole thing. He they do it not only a yeah. reference to Jackie Chan, uh, Project A. He bangs on a door and the person inside opens the door and it hits the one of the guys in the face. Uh, but he does a they do a reference to uh, Buster Keaton. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. They come out the end of an alley, and a wagon's going by, and they grab on the end of the wagon as it goes by, and they hop up on the nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought nice. you would appreciate that, John. I was like, oh, look at Guy Ritchie, and uh, <laughs> the I will oh, tell you, Guy Ritchie yeah, directed Guy, it. Guy Ritchie directed it. Um, wow, uh, it's not bad. It really wasn't. And uh, you know, look, the animated movie is always going to be better. But this had a certain mm. this, this had a certain spectacle to it that I really it looked mm. it had a good look to it so mm. uh, yeah That's I didn't cool. I didn't hate it and then I watched Onward which uh, Patrick had uh, hey. recommended it is now yeah. free on uh, on Disney Plus boy What'd I was I was not expecting but it got me man it it really it really got me yeah. uh, did you see really it John. Good. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. That's the last thing I saw in the theater before they shut the theaters down. And did, did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. And at the end, I was getting all choked up. I thought, "Wow, this is really getting me." You know? Yeah. It's. Uh, I thought. I thought it was one of the better Pixar's for sure. You know, and the preview didn't look like much. The preview didn't really look like right. anything I wanted to see. But I was up in the middle of the night the other night. And I was like, "Yeah, hey, I'll watch this." And I ended up. Just uh, it was. I was like, "Oh man, this is really uh, made you cry." You know, you can you can never tell with Pixar. You know, most of the time you'll go, ah, like I said, like cars. I was like, I don't care about talking cars. And they get you every time, just about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not with cars two or three, but the first one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this was the the perfect voices to get get those two voices. It was perfect, you know. Well, I loved the the Chris Pratt character because he was just such a – he was just such a good guy, like a good, good-hearted. Yeah. Uh, and you're expecting him to be kind of a jerk, and he never is. He really never is. No. And uh, yeah, I love this. He's looking out for his brother. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, just I love it. Uh, it. It was a good. Uh, it was really well done, and that van was pretty cool. If you grew up in the '70s, yeah, uh, that van is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. It all, you catch all the patches on his jacket, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, all the elf bands. <laughs> yeah. You know, my only complaint is, you know, this one for being uh, just the world didn't seem as um, detailed. You know, like, you know, mm-hmm. some of the some of the Pixar movies, they really go a long way into building that. Where even cars, they go a long way into building kind of world building, you know. You never really get yeah. a, a true sense of how the world works in this. You know, you get it in the beginning. Yeah. But that was my only complaint that I, I would have liked to have seen what that world was like a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah, well, it's them actually part, living their life. It's just kind of the adventure right mm-hmm. You know, part of the I problem love, is, is because it. it's. Yeah, Justine, you it. were in the wrong there, just so you know. No, no. It's tough with cell phones, I'll tell you. I'm kidding, Justine. She's she's not going to talk now. Justine? Well, I'm waiting for her to talk. Are you done talking? Whoa! I'm sorry. Damn. 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 No, no, no. It's tough. It's tough with this when somebody's starting or stopping, you know? All right. John, go, and then we'll go with Justine. Uh, Oh, I was just saying it's just, it's suburbia, so maybe it's a little underwhelming because the joke is it's, it's this mythical kingdom but it's also looking like suburbia there's a 7-eleven and a gas station and yep. that's why it's oh that's maybe not dazzling you you know that's true what about you justine what were yeah. you gonna say oh i love the subtleness of um what was it what's the the horse the i don't know what he is but when he laughs centaur? and it goes into like a little like neigh <laughs> the yeah. centaur oh yeah i for officer oh, bronco yeah, officer officer colt bronco <laughs> There you go. Yeah. I just yeah. want to know how he's he, driving. Mm-hmm. He's driving a Bronco. Like, come on. <laughs> I want to know but how he drove, little, though. I just yeah. love when he laughs. His laugh is so funny to me. I, 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 he's cracking all those dad jokes. Yay! Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got the mustache. I mean, he's perfect. <laughs> it was cute. I did like it. I enjoyed it. So uh. yeah. yeah, it's good. I, I do agree with Mario, though. I definitely think that seeing a little bit more of the world would have been nice. Like, even if they just experienced... You know, just random people in their daily life would have been a little bit mm-hmm. like but, kind of like a musical montage almost. Uh, were you as attracted to? The, um, oh, go ahead, John. No, I was just just uh, what is that? That creature that ran the uh, the fast food place. I thought that was brilliant. Minotaur <laughs> or uh, Minotaur? Yeah, she, the Manticore. She forgot she was this. Or the Manticore. Sorry. She forgot she was this fearsome beast. You know, because she's been running this theme restaurant. You know, it happens to us all, man. We all forget we were fearsome beasts at one time <laughs> in our lives, don't we? Yep. yep, uh, yep, yep. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, Justine, I know what I was going to say. Were you as attracted to the Tom Holland character as you normally are? Nah, that guy's a bitch. That <laughs> <laughs> a bitch. Wow. Wow. But he wasn't. <laughs> he told off the manticore. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't. I didn't like him until the end. I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, I like him." Oh, he made the ultimate sacrifice, man. That that was that was crazy. I thought they were going to be like, I thought they were going to let him have his moment, and they spoiler. Alert, I know no. that was such a twist. It was good. Though. Spoiler alert: they good. don't, and that kind of worked. That kind of made it. That made you go, "Oh man, this this is a good kid," you know? Like, yeah, he's such a Spider Man. Yeah, that's totes what Spidey would do. <laughs> there's a sentence what I never. There's, there's a sentence I never thought I'd utter. That's totes what Spidey would do. Um, guys, are you doing any kind of recreation? What kind of recreation are you guys uh, involved in right now? We've been playing a lot of board games over here. A lot of them. Been playing a lot of uh, Beat Saber. 
Beat Saber? Yeah. It's uh, what is that? It's a uh, VR game where you're basically you have two lightsabers and you have to hit um, boxes in a certain direction. It's a lot of fun, and they play music, and it's also um, music. Oh, you know what? Justine sent Justine sent you a clip of you playing that VR game, and you look like an idiot. It's awesome. I need that. It's great. You look ridiculous. You look totally ridiculous. You You feel like a badass when you're actually playing. Yeah. But yeah, when other people walk in and see you, you just look like you're flailing your arms. <laughs> you, you That's right. right. Oh, you kids. You kids today. Get out there and protest, would you? Um, wow. <laughs> what? 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 We tried the new Villainous uh, um, just to go off into board Characters. game. The Disney. Do you like uh, it? Yeah, with. Uh, I'm, that game is always, to me, I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest fan of that game. But uh, I was Radigan, and um, my wife was the villain from, I can't remember her name, the villain from uh, Emperor's New Groove. Yzma. Yeah, that's right. Yzma. Thank you. She really, she dug it. Uh, I was, there was so many moving parts to get Radigan. Radigan's thing is one of those things where, like, you need a certain card, and it's buried in the deck somewhere. So if, you're, if, you, if you get a bad shuffle, um, you're, you're not going to win. So no, that's, hard. That, that's I, I just don't feel like the characters are balanced um, enough for me. Uh, but I, I mm-hmm. feel it's a good entry level game if you if you want to get into like a different type of gaming other than Monopoly and all that stuff. And you're a Disney fan, mm-hmm. Villainous is a good way to go. But if yeah, you, it's a good way to get people in. If you play a lot of games like we do, you start to see why certain things like what's her name, the Queen of Hearts is like super overpowered. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, you can see why you need balance in a game. You know, that's why when we find a game where there's where you're like, oh, this is great, you know. So uh, but I the pieces are great. Good components. It looks great. Um, it's just I mean, I'll play it, but it's just not like a, I, don't, I don't ever feel the need to like, God, I really want to play Villainous right now, you know, but I will play it. I don't I think it's fun with a bunch of people. I can't imagine playing it with two uh, yeah. Even on the times we've played it at game night where we have like a full table of people playing it, uh, I'm always like, eh. I'm, there's always something where I'm like, it, it, a lot of it is just luck of the draw. And that's kind of frustrating when, uh, you, when you need to. And it is hard to watch people. Yeah. Yeah. I like Nicole and I have been playing a lot of games where um, you kind of like where you are going back and forth. But while the person is making their move, you're kind of building what you're going to do. So that always makes mm-hmm. it go faster. I like games like that where you don't have to just wait for one yeah. person. But uh, yeah, the I mean, villainous. are you guys playing um, any video, video games otherwise? John, you are you? Are we going to get you a console? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> what, are you talking to me? Yeah, we're going to get. You. Oh, you know what? We should get John. Have you guys seen the uh, the Intellivision reboot? They're going to they're rebooting a console from the eighties. The Intellivision. Uh, you remember oh, it? Right? Yeah, yeah and the games are only supposed to be like ten bucks, and it's really made. Is that like a like the old Atari games? Yeah, it's supposed to be made for like a real casual gamers, real casual. But it's huh. like a little console. Little, we're gonna get John into video huh. games, guys. It's gonna be great. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I have no no interest. The only video game I ever had any interest in was that film noir one where you were in the. What was the name of that? Where you're like actually in a in a virtual film noir where you're driving LA around noir. LA. LA noir. Yeah. LA noir. Oh God. That just looked amazing. 
I was ready to get a system just for that. I'll tell you what, John. There was a game in the 90s on the PC. Lucasfilm used to do these really great video games. It was called Grim Fandango. Oh, that's such a – you can get it on your phone now. It's such a good game. It's uh, it's basically – it was a film noir, but it was based on Dia de los Muertos. So it was like ah. it was a cross. It was really cool. Grim Fandango was the name of it. It was really really good. Yeah, it's the same style like Day of the Tentacle and yeah, all those fun point and click adventures. I uh, what the hell was what the hell was I going to say? I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII the reboot. Yeah. Oh, you got the remake? Yes. It's a totally different game. There are a few. It plays a lot like uh, fifteen. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember this part of the story, and they just they expanded it. So, but uh, the it's a beautiful looking game. I just forgot how hard the combat can be on those games, and I hate switching between like three different characters when things are going on. I'm not. Uh, I'm getting too <laughs> old for that. So, I can barely play Warzone, guys. All right. So, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. guys. Let's get into it. We watched two great movies this week. Two fantastic. Two. I can't wait to get. I want to he, really hear Justine's take on uh, Pale Rider. I cannot wait. So. Um, on both of them. All right, here we go. Why? Yantan, Yantan, You're in the club. All right, guys, it's time. That was fast. That was good. That was good. He really cares about it. It's just hard to do on the phone. It's the fastest I've ever heard. It's hard to do on the phone. That's the closest I've ever heard you do. That's like singing Happy Birthday. To guess when you're at work. <laughs> hey, everybody split. Blow your candles. Blow your candles, kid. I got to get ranch to table 75. All right, guys. <laughs> Let, which do you want to tackle first? Uh, these are both, uh, we have two uh, classics one from 1984, one from 1985. Witness with Harrison Ford and uh, Clint Eastwood in Pale Rider. Just, Justine, let's let you, uh, dealer's choice today, what, or ladies' choice today, I'm sorry. What would you like today? What would you like to, since I am your host and you are my guest, what is your pleasure? What movie <laughs> What movie would you like to watch first? Let's do Pale Rider first. Pale Rider. This is ladies' Patrick, choice. give us the, oh, there you go. Patrick, give us the. Uh, You're feeling moist. <laughs> Funny you should bring that up. Uh, Patrick, give us the breakdown. Great start. Yeah. Uh, For this 1985 film, 7.3 on IMDb, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a budget of 6.9 million, 41.4 million in the box office. There you go. It was the highest grossing Western of the 80s. There weren't very many of them. We're actually going to see uh, two of them. So this is the first of two that we're going to see in the 80s. And um, uh, this is with Clint Like we said, this was Clint Eastwood's first uh, Western since um, Outlaw Josie Rails. Now, oddly enough, a while back when I was looking for the Outlaw Josie Wales, it only came in a two-pack with... A Pale Rider, which is why we're watching Pale Rider. Um, but I had I had not seen this movie since 
I I saw it in the eighties. I think I saw it on home video back in the eighties, and I had forgotten a lot of it. Um, <clears throat> I think I liked it much better now than I did back then because you know when you're thirteen, what do you know about westerns, huh? What do you know about yeah. about a Shane basically with a young girl in the lead instead of the guy, instead of a boy? <laughs> but um, Preacher, though you know what's funny Shane, though. Come back. <laughs> you know the one scene I that love I love you, preacher. <laughs> you know the one scene that I always remember is, believe it or not, that always pops in my head is anytime somebody mentions fracking, I always thought about this movie because that was the first place I ever saw it was in this movie, yeah. like the hydraulic mining. It's like, oh, they're fracking. So anytime anyone ever said fracking, I always remember the scene of that hillside being eroded, but. Uh, Eastwood is tackling a lot of themes in this one, and uh, this was written, this was uh, produced and directed by Clint Eastwood, starring Clint Eastwood. Wild marriage, uh, yeah, <laughs> starring Clint Eastwood and Michael Moriarty. I completely forgot about that plot line, and I was like, "Oh, hey, hello!" But uh, yeah. let's talk about it, Justine. You're the good, a good person to start because um, you have really taken to the western, have you not? I have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you've taken a Clint Eastwood. So, what what are your thoughts on here on this one? Uh, he did a good job making the movie. It looks a lot better. Yeah. Um, but it's just the same old story. And yeah. It's just. I mean, he added the whole kid loving her, but yeah, I wasn't. I mean, it's okay. So the start of it when the whole part with him with the bat. Or the stick hitting everyone yeah. so cheesy that I was like, "Great, it's going to be really bad." But after that, it, <laughs> after that, it wasn't like it was actually pretty good. After that, yeah. Um, his the whole storytelling, it's all great. Like the whole thing looks great. It's just I've seen this already. It's a very I've seen him. It, it's mm-hmm. a very standard story. And again, we've seen yeah. Shane. We've seen Shane, and in a lot of ways, Shane kind of does it better. I think. Yeah, and it's just we've seen this. This is his role that he normally plays, so it's just whatever to me. Yeah. But it looked really it looks good. Like yeah. he did a good job with his movie. Did you enjoy Did you enjoy uh well I Michael Moriarty always throws me off because he looks like uh the guy who plays my other brother Daryl on Newhart. We uh I can't think of the guy's name. What's the guy's name, John? He was in Blade Runner. He was the toy maker. Uh, oh, uh, William Sanderson? Yes, Michael Moriarty always looks like a taller version of William Sanderson. So this <laughs> always... Sanderson? You saw him. You, you'd you recognize him. Yeah, if I'm you looking saw, it up right now. Yeah, you would recognize him. He's he was, the guy that was... Uh, He's the guy that was making all the stuff at uh, in Blade Runner. Yeah, he made... Yeah. Uh, the, the one that Daryl Hannah moved in with, like he was living there with kind of like a like a real... Would, John, what was Michael Moriarty famous for? Well, I think he was in the original seasons of uh, Law and Order, right? If, yeah, but there was something in the eighties he had done. Did he do, do like upstairs, downstairs, uh, or or one of those? Was like, he in? Um, was he in Bang the Drum Slowly? Was he in? He goes that far back, doesn't he? I, With uh, De Niro, give us a give us a rundown if you would, Patrick. Do your Smith Corona thing there, and Michael uh, Moriarty. M O R I A R I T Y. I know he was always trying to kill Sherlock Holmes. Hi, hello. Hey. Let's see what he was in. Before Pale Rider. Before Pale Rider? 
There was something in the... Uh, the Stuff, The Sound of Murder, Bloodlink, Q, Reborn, Too Far to Go, The Winds of Kitty Hawk, hmm. Who'll Stop the Rain, Holocaust, Dead Seasons, Report by the Commissioner, Shoot It Back, Shoot It Blue, The Glass Menagerie, Last Detail, Summer Without the Boys, Bang the Drum Slowly, there you go. Hickory and Boggs, and it, The Old Man's Place. It was the, the Last Detail, was what I was thinking of from... Mm. And you were thinking of Bang the Drum Slowly. That's a good sports movie, by the way, if you've never seen it. Robert De Niro playing a baseball player. That's almost as far back as you can go with De Niro. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, uh, but uh, we we have kind of seen it before, but it is shot. Like, you're you're right, Justine. It's very well made, shot very well. Um, Yeah, like all the places they went, it looked really nice. Um, Even the bad guys, when they're all lined up with their little trench coats, it was pretty cool. Well, I mean, you, it was kind of weird. I'm like, oh, we're all going to match and wear the same jacket. But, well, you, but it's kind of intimidating because it's like seeing someone in all black suits facing you all. Well, you saw that awesome. in you saw a little bit of that in um, Once Upon a Time in the West. Remember, Banjo's gang all wore the dusters, yeah. and that's how they knew yeah. they were. Yeah, um, and you yeah. see a lot of what he picked up. He picked up a lot from Leon here. You see a lot of that, especially at the end, which is the best part of the whole little thing in the town there. Um, a lot of the yeah. angles and, you know, shooting from... Oh, my God. Oh. I love the ending when he's like, he's like, yeah, it was a long walk. <laughs> I forgot what he said. You have a long walk? Uh, yeah, long walk, huh? <laughs> yep. But it, uh, did you like a more mature Clint Eastwood? Did that uh, appeal to you? Or did you... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's still the same. I mean, the part that didn't appeal to me was the little girl with him. I'm like, ugh. Clint Eastwood is so gross. Because... <laughs> Because he wrote that in there. It's in there for he a didn't, reason. He didn't write it. No, he, he didn't, didn't write, write it. it he didn't write it, no. Oh, yeah, but he then produced he was like, and directed. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with directing this. <laughs> yeah. Guys, he but had a To choice. be fair, she did not Well, he, I mean, they mentioned that, you know, the, the, the one thing that, that makes that, in, 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 I'm in no way condoning it, but the one thing that mm-hmm. makes that scene a little more, uh, a little easier to kind of deal with Swallow. is the fact that she says <laughs> is that she says my mom was married at fifteen. You know what I mean. So you uh, have you do have to remember that was the time. You know, it was the. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm no way, no way condoning it. Listen, um, what, the thing to keep in mind is that he leaves. He's so uncomfortable. He leaves. That is true. Uh, the next night, the next morning, he's gone. Yeah, you know? he's like yeah. later. So, yeah. I just didn't like the whole part where they're in the woods together. I was like, okay, just need to stop. I don't want to watch this. Yeah. It's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. When you, when you watch it now, you're like, Oh, Hey, I didn't, I forgot about this scene. So when I watched it, believe me, I was just as surprised as you were. I was like, Holy crap. And then I, that guy, the, um, Oh, I forgot his name. The one that, um, that likes, he's basically Jorah (laughs) through the movie. Like their friend. Oh, Hall? Of the, of the mom, Hall, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He looks like a bad guy. Um, so I kept thinking he was going to turn and be upset and kill him, but no. he looks like a bad guy. I, there's an actor I'm thinking of. I just can't think of like what he's been in, so I can't figure out who he is. He's uh, you, You're, you're going to see – I know who you think he looks like, and it's not Michael Moriarty. It's another guy. You're going to see that guy in another movie. He's always a bad guy, too, and I know exactly who you're talking about. He's yeah, al- he looks just from- like that guy. He's always a bad the guy. The guy from RoboCop? <laughs> uh, no, he's in... Um, we'll see him in um, 
We're actually going to see him in Midnight Run very soon. I can't think of the guy's name. He's a character actor. Um, I'm going to check and make sure we have the same guy. But uh, yeah, he was in a lot of 80s movies. I know who you're talking about. He's got that real Mm -hmm. kind of kind of sleepy eyes and that little round nose. And, uh, you know, but let's go on. Let's say, Jake, what did you think of this movie? Um, I agree a lot of what Justine said. It's, I mean, it's good. It's well done. Um, Kanisha did a great job directing as well as acting it, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of the same. Um, this, the story kind of has that, has the same, um, cadences as just about every other kind of movie. So, yeah. Um, you know, the thing to remember here is when this was released, there hadn't been a Western in 10 years. And so like a whole generation of people that maybe hadn't been into Westerns before, we're like, hey, this is, you know, this is a this is a, my chance to see a Western on the big screen with, you know, someone who's synonymous with Westerns. And it was very well received at the time, I remember. Um, but watching the movies the way we do uh, kind of takes a lot out of it because like you like you all like you said, we've seen it all before. But it's always I always enjoy watching Clint Eastwood in those roles, even if the movie isn't great. Um, it's always kind of fun to watch him, you know. Go yeah, through his. It feels know. like he's born for these roles. Yes, very much so, very much so. But uh, it's very well done, and he's a good director. Um, I think he's a really good director, and uh, you know he gets better as he goes along. So. Oh, and I love the turn with the. Um, I don't know that guy's name. That big guy. Oh, Jaws. Richard Keel. Jaws from uh, <laughs> from the like, Spy Who Loved Me. Going on on Clint Eastwood's side, I was like, yes, I love you. You're so awesome. Well, you he tips his hat. He even tips his hat at him. I know. <laughs> well, there's another whole, there's another awful scene that I forgot about, and it's when Chris Penn is, you know, trying to assault yeah. the the girl. You get when 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 you see him, when you see Richard Keel's character, I got the impression that he was going to stop him, that he was yeah, going right. to. I thought he was. Wasn't he though? Uh, yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, yeah I get the. Yeah, he, he was, felt, but then he, the air they shot the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I always liked that little turn for that character. Like there was, there was something he wouldn't do. Like there, you know what I mean? There were, there was stuff he wouldn't stoop to, even as like a kind of a hired guy. You know what I mean? Like he was, he had a certain yeah. code. So I do like that. There's that little, that little redemption for that character too. Um, and you know, uh, the fact that Chris Penn gets away with it kind of makes you feel. I wish he would have died, but uh, <laughs> yeah. he did get shot through the hand, though. So that's fun. That is fun. And uh, that's Sean Penn's little brother being, uh, you know, uh, a creep. being un- as unspicoli like as you could possibly be. Uh, Patrick, what did you think, my man? Um, I, I enjoyed the fact that there was a lot of really interesting character actors that I've seen before yes. that came up. I think I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, it's it's a typical Clint Eastwood movie. It's it's nothing like, oh my god, it's a blowout hit. It's interesting and, you know, I can see why it stood out for its time just because nothing being around. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. So, but it wasn't th- bad. It wasn't good. Like, it wasn't, like, amazing. It's not definitely one of my favorites of his, but it's okay. It's hard to come back after seeing stuff like good, the bad and the ugly and, and well, yeah, the, I mean, the dollars think, trilogy. And then, you yeah, know. exactly. And I think just Sergio Leone is such a good director that I think it really stands out. And that's why those movies, he makes those movies good because of the music and how it interplays with the, the setting and everything like that. And you don't get a lot of that from this. No, 
these are this is these are nowhere like operas the way Leone's. Uh, these are yeah. more like standard westerns with a little bit of the Leone touches there. You know, like some of the yeah. angles stuff like that. Like during the shootout, I thought that was all yeah. handled really well. Um, and uh, like you know, that's you know, but yeah, everything else but kind of feels good. like a. But you're right; he does uh, a good job of casting with this one. Those people that yeah, live like you the, see the miners, Charles are, Hallahan, yeah. and you see what Richard Hamilton was in there. Like, there's a bunch of like people who kind of just pop up surprisingly. And you you see people that look all the people all the miners look like they could be miners. Yeah. They look like they're living. Yeah, out, yeah. You know, even I think it was set really well. Absolutely. Yeah. Even the wife. Um, she looks like a woman who lives on the frontier. She's not who's all made up. Life, yeah. yeah, she's not all made up. You know, she's. It, it was really. It looked realistic. It felt real, like a real place. She's very homely. Yeah, yeah and it was very <laughs> dark in their house, and that made that stood out to me too. That they didn't but really I have light. Didn't believe that that was her daughter. <laughs> oh well, you don't yeah. know what the, you don't know what you don't know what the dad looked like. You know what I mean? Yeah, just you know. Just, no, I was like, eh, doesn't make it. <laughs> John, what do you think of this one? Um, I like it. It's, you know, the outlaw Josie Wells was so good and yeah. uh, the, the, the one before it and the unforgiven is so good that this one kind of can't, you can't help but feel it's a little, little less. Yeah. But, uh, and not only does it feel like Shane, but it also uh, has stuff from high plains drifter where he's come back to settle a score with the guy that shot him in the back, you know, that's right. Um, that's right. That feels very much like High Plains Grifter where he's biding his time. He's going to get the guys that ambushed him, you know. Um, but it just looks so beautiful, you know. And usually these westerns are not set in the Pacific Northwest. It's usually some dusty desert town. And the fact that this this is kind of like McCabe and Mrs. Miller where it's kind of like it's north. I don't know if this was Washington or I think they filmed it. In, it's supposed it to be was. it's supposed to be northern California, but it, I think they filmed okay. it in Canada probably. It looks like Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's an unusual setting. Usually the Westerns are not shot in that, that territory. And I just thought it was beautifully shot. Yeah. It does feel like it does feel like a million other Westerns. But having said that, he really knows how to cast them and he really knows how to shoot them. So even a lesser Quinn Eastwood Western is still pretty damn good. It's, it's worth it was, two hours of your time. Sure. It was filmed in Columbia State Historic Park. In oh, that's mm. Canada, right? No, California. Really? Columbia? Oh, not Columbia British Columbia. State. No, Columbia State uh, Historic Park. Oh, okay. I don't even know where that is. That's How far north, north is it? That's in, um, like, near, on the way to Tahoe, I think. Oh. Okay. okay. I thought well, it was. It's a, it's that, a great setting. That fooled me. Right. You know, all, a lot of just all, Lone Ranger, High Noon. Ah. What else is there? That fooled me. I thought it was Canada. No, this is, yeah, it's a bunch of Westerns. Wow, that's cool. Well, it's beautiful. Uh, all those framing devices, I mean, he really, you know, it kind of reminds you of the way that John Ford shot Monument Valley. He really framed it beautifully. He does. With that, the uh, mountain ranges in the back. That scene where he's first riding down the, the hill, and you just see, like, the yeah. clouds and the mountains in the background, you're like, wow, that is a beautiful shot. Like, he does have a good eye, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. He does. So, yeah, it's... You know, it's funny. It's it's not a bad movie. It's just that when you put it next to his other westerns, it's not the one that that's head and shoulders above the rest. But it's still it's still worth your time. It's still good. Well, I will say this: just you look at it this way. Now you have high expectations because you know what he's done in the past. You know what I mean? So, you know. Well, I mean, it's kind of 
good for him because if I would have known, like if I followed his career and this is what, and I saw this movie, I'd be like, wow, he's stuck in his little character. Like he'll never be able to play anything else. Yeah. You know, but you but ha- obviously he does a good job later on in life. So yeah, of course. Justine, have you seen the Unforgiven? No. Oh, we will be watching because that. That's, yeah. We will yeah, be. Cause that's, that's where you f- find out exactly everything he's learned you know, in 30 years, he puts everything he's learned to use in the Unforgiven. And, and that really is like, you know, his masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I only watched one current film of um, Clint Eastwood and it's a uh, drug mule. How was that? Or the mule. Or the mule. How or was the that? Mule. I don't know. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. You know, it's I funny like because it. uh, I like this. He's a little. I mean, racist, he's directed a lot of movies. <laughs> you you got to watch. Uh, uh, yeah, he's playing an old Grand Torino guy. Watch Grand Torino. Yeah. Because we're not going to get to he's that one. He's directed a hell of a lot of movies, but he's only directed four Westerns. You know, he, he really waits until he gets something he really wants to do. Because uh, when you look at his filmography, he's done a lot of Westerns, but the ones he's directed himself, it's just the four. And um, after Unforgiven, he just, I think he said, this is everything I've, I've ever wanted to do. I waited, I think he waited 10 years, maybe more, to do Unforgiven. And he just had that script waiting in his desk drawer until he was old enough to play it. He said, I didn't want to put on old man makeup. I wanted to be the right age to play it. And that's, that's the one I think that's going to knock you out. Oh, it, it's uh, one of my favorites. It's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. We will watch it just seen. So you, you have that to look forward to. Okay. You do have one great Clint Eastwood performance coming up in the eighties though. And uh, we haven't gotten to it yet, but it's coming up soon. So um, get excited for that. So let's rank. Let's rank that pale rider, guys. John, what do you say? Um, even even a lesser Eastwood Western. This is still. I really enjoy this one, even as derivative as it is. So I give it an eight. Oh, eight for John. Jake, I give the seven and a half. Patrick, solid seven. Justine, seven. Seven. Okay, I'm going to go seven as well. Uh, we've seen we've seen better, but like you're right, John. It's like uh, you watch uh, Clint Eastwood Western. It's like you're gonna find something you like in there. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, one of the probably the most uh, bankable star in the 1980s, uh, Mr. My My Man Crush, Mr. Harrison Ford uh, in uh, 1984's Witness. You want to give us the breakdown on that, Patrick? Uh, 1985, 7.4 on IMDb, Ooh, 85, 92% sorry. on Rotten Tomatoes, with a total budget of $12 million, running $68 million box office. A million, uh, a million shy of the magic 7. number. Ooh, yeah. $300,000 more, we would add a magic number, but nope. People yeah, look, people. I mean, you got to round up in math anyways. Let's go backwards this time, and let's start with John, work our way back. John, what do you think of this? This yeah. Uh, what do you think of Witness? Uh, I like it. I like it. It's an unusual movie for for being what it is. It's 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 very artsy, you know. Well, it's um, Peter Weir. It's Peter Weir. You know, yeah. so he's he's done. Uh, why don't you give us a breakdown, Patrick? If you can Google what uh, Peter 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 Weir made it. Isn't he making a movie called Gallipoli? He's an Australian yeah, filmmaker. It was a. Uh, he did the Truman Show, Dead Poets Society, Master and Commander. What else did he do? Yeah, Gallipoli, Mosquito Coast. 
Yeah. Mosquito Coast green card. Uh, he's had a he's had a very a varied career. Yeah, it's but yeah. I think most most well known he'd probably be this Dead Poet Society Master Commander and the Truman. He actually came out of like the Australian art movement in like the seventies. He's actually a very artistic filmmaker. Um which you get this brutal cop movie right in the beginning and then it turns into like this uh pastoral, you know, <laughs> movie right in the um, middle. Um takes you right back to the cop movie. Yeah, and then right at the end you get this uh this brutal uh, this brutal ending. So John, what do you think? I'm sorry, we it's interrupted like, you there. No, it's like uh, it feels like you're watching two movies, you know? <laughs> you're you you kind of take a break from the first one and then you've got this whole thing and then yeah, at the end you pick up and you're watching that first movie again. Yeah. And uh it's got some great moments. Um the whole thing between him and Kelly McGillis is very interesting. And very yeah, realistic. Because, uh, it, it feels very real. It, yeah, yeah. Sometimes those things feel forced, that you've got somebody, you know, people from two different worlds, and you put them together in a situation. Sometimes it feels very forced. This one felt uh, very real and uh, didn't feel like uh, like it was trying to manipulate the audience, you know. And um, so at the end, when he really gets closer to, to the family, it, it's it's believable. It's very believable. And, you know, I was— And I, you really feel— the danger that he's he's put them in, he really feels it, you know. What I was thinking is also you you need all of that set up at the end. You need everything that at first you're like, why 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 are we going through this? You know, we're watching him live on this farm, and okay, you know, we should break down the plot. So in the movie, uh, there's a young Amish boy who is on a trip to Philadelphia, and he witnesses a murder inside of a bathroom at the train station, and then. Uh, Harrison Ford is a police officer who now uh, has to um, he, he now has this material witness he's got to kind of uh, sh- shepherd for lack of a better word through the legal system and what ends up happening is Harrison Ford uncovers a plot and that puts a little boy's life in danger so he has to go hide out on the, the Amish farm in Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania to kind of hide out uh, with the family and uh, so there's a good hour of you just watching them doing barn raising and kind of living on the farm. But yeah. what's funny is all of that stuff comes into play in the last scene in the third act when the when yeah. when the reckoning comes. Yeah. It's like it makes it more believable that he's able to survive what happens because he now he knows how the farm works. Now he knows how these things exactly. Work, you know, right. yeah. So it's a, it's a very very character- those guys kind of like. <laughs> Those guys kind of walk right into it. They don't know that that thing is like a, a corn silo. They just walk right into it. You know, one of the all-time and, uh, interesting movie deaths, by the way, right there. That uh, yeah, yeah, it was a little corny. That certification uh, by corn. <laughs> uh, he he went into the cornhole, and that's what happened. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, Knowing what we know that Harrison Ford spent years as a carpenter when his acting career wasn't going so well, it's kind of interesting to see him raising a barn. You're going, hey, he probably could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's nice to see him do a role where he's not Han Solo, not Indiana Jones, and he's actually doing a little bit of acting. He's actually – there's a lot of quiet moments here, and I think he pulls them off very well. I think when this came out, that's what the critics said. They said, he's not just being a smart ass. He's not just running around with a laser gun. This is the one where you see that he really can uh, carry a lead role in a movie that's not sci-fi or, or you know, yeah. you know, comic booky stuff, you know. And it's true. He, it's believable, and he pulls it off, and uh, it's 
you know, and, and the thing is, it's an unusual movie because it's Peter Weir. It's a, it's very unusual looking movie. Yeah. Uh, and nothing feels, nothing feels dated except the music. Is that the same guy that did the Blade Runner music? It's Maurice Jarre who did uh, Lawrence of Arabia, but he's using synthesizers because it's the eighties. Did he do, um, did he do Blade Runner, the soundtrack? The no, Runner? that was Vangelis. Okay. No, Maurice. This felt like Vangelis. No. Because it was synthesizers, it felt like Vangelis. No, Maurice Jarre did like uh, Dr. Zhivago and uh, and Lawrence of yeah. Arabia. He did a lot of epics like in the 60s. But um, There's something about uh, synthesizers just, it always dates a movie. If you're in the 80s and that's what they're using, it always dates it. It's oh. the only thing in this movie that dates it, you know, is the soundtrack. The uh, do you know what scene? Uh, you know that scene uh, when I when I saw Skyfall and at the end of Skyfall when they're walking to the house to go yeah to go take out James Bond. It's they lifted that scene from Witness. That scene of them parking the car and walking towards the farm with the shotguns uh, yeah is right. Like I was like, oh yeah, that's where Skyfall got it from. It's like that's the exact same scene. So there are a lot of really good. But it's, it's also. It's also kind of pulling from High Noon, where they're all kind of walking down the street looking for, Ger- for yeah. uh, Gary Cooper. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, um, but that is that is a very memorable scene. Them walking over the rise toward the house. That's very very menacing. Very memorable. Uh, Patrick, what and, did you uh, think? Oh, sorry, John, I, I, I cut you off. No, I'm just gonna say. No, just saying. You're waiting for the kid to go. Son of a bitch! That's Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's weird to see Danny Glover in a in a villain role. You know, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Patrick, what did you think, my man? Uh, I was fascinated by this movie. Were you, were you really? Was, yeah, like I was sucked in the whole time. It was just such an interesting and unique story. Like I, the fact that he's a cop who ends up on an Amish farm is just like it's so such a huge dynamic difference between the two that it was just like it was crazy to see for that world for them. And I just really enjoyed like the premise and everything. I thought it was really good and it was well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does a great job. Like there's a bunch of really nice, subtle moments in this movie. Like when he's leaving to go make his phone call and, you know, he takes his gun with him and she pulls the gun out of one place and then pulls the flower out of another. <laughs> and oh. bullets out of the flower can. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> like there's, there's some right, like really nice little subtle things in there. And then it's just like, it was, it was cool to see like the whole thing of him like standing out and how he gets caught by punching another guy who was mistreating, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's his face um, from Die Hard? Uh, Alexander Gudinov. Yes, I forgot his you. name, but, but uh, yeah, you Daniel. you get a, the villain from Die Hard is like a good guy here. Yeah, and like you actually root for him, <laughs> and he's actually really good looking in this. Yeah. <laughs> you, you like him in the farm outfit. I like him with the hair and like what was he's he doing? He's like tweed. on his little wagon and standing up. <laughs> well, I love that they, but, um, they. I love they show when the little kid rings the bell and he's the first one to like be like, "Hey, what's up?" and like you know, like start moving towards yeah. the house. You know, I like that. You know, um, yeah. And that other scene that always sticks in my head now that I'm thinking about it, when you, where he cuts a very handsome figure, Justine, is when they're on the train and you see him standing in the wagon. And uh, oh, like yeah. racing the train, you know, you're just like, wow, that guy's a stud. Yes. That's what I was saying. That's my favorite like part of it. I was like, oh, he looks really good there. You get a young Beagle Mortensen. Yeah. It's just, yeah. 
this. I wonder what turned him into a terrorist. <laughs> Who the Alexander Gudinov? Yeah, what did it? Yeah. Well, Gruber's very Hans Gruber is very, 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 very persuasive. I don't know if you know that, but yeah. uh, he's very persuasive. But even like too, like the moment in the police station where the kid figures out that it's um, Danny Glover by the picture, and you see Harrison Ford on the phone just slowly like pull back and realize, holy shit, the kid sees them. Well, it shows you that he's a good cop. It shows you that yeah, he's yeah. he's a good he's a yeah. really that he's a good cop, you know, because he he's able to just realize that the kid, yeah, that the kid. He's not incompetent. It's not like he's a bumbling fool and he can't figure out what's going on. He he's smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the Did kid's resourceful too. Did you see in the scene where he's the kid's pointing at the picture in the case, and and uh, John Book slowly puts his hand over the kid's finger and puts it down <laughs> don't let yeah. anybody see you yeah. pointing yeah, exactly. at this photo <laughs> it was cool it's well done yeah yeah uh, my favorite line in this, though, is, uh, and I used to say this for years, was, "I know you asshole." <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, and then they, uh, and then uh, it's funny. It's Wes Anderson uses that in uh, Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, he uses that line, so it's great. Uh, but it's <laughs> the way Harrison Ford says it. I know you asshole. Yeah. Uh, it's cool yeah. to see Harrison Ford scared. It's cool to you know he's always you know. Han Solo or Indiana Jones, it's kind of cool to see him, like, emote, yeah. you know? It's uh, like the whole movie takes place when he's stuck in the spike chamber in uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are going to die. Do it now. Um, he's like a regular guy in this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, big guy like me? Um, Justine. Nope, nope, nope. Jake, what did you think, my man? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, no, yeah, no, I thought I was, you up. We're going, we're going reverse I order. It was good. Huh? All right, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> That's it. Jake's done. It was good. <laughs> go ahead, Jake. I mean, yeah, the premise. <laughs> yeah, premise. Yeah, premises. It's an interesting take. I mean, this this um, the story itself is similar to like a lot of noir stuff Got mm-hmm. a, you know dirty dirty cop you know catches wind of him trying to figure it out and all that but um no i thought it was good yeah he um here's a port especially had some really great moments in there with the amish lady which i can't remember her name. kelly mcgillis Kelly from top yeah, gun kelly mcgillis yeah mm-hmm. yeah they got a nice uh they have some good chemistry and how they both kind of warm up to each other, even though they're both from completely completely different worlds. It's yeah. almost like um, has like a Pocahontas e feel or what's it, Last Samurai kind of thing going on. There you go. Outsider, outsider, outsider kind of comes into it, learns the way of of the people, and you then fights the defender. The to stay, weren't you, Jake? Huh? <laughs> I do want to hear Harrison. Should have stayed. I do want to hear Harrison Ford sing. You know what's funny? I did sing that to Patrick when we were watching it. I said, should I marry Coco Mom? She like, did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's, yeah. Hey, kid. Yeah. Hey, kid. Lot, it's have, good. Have you ever heard the, the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? <laughs> That's my shitty Harrison Ford impersonation. <laughs> Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? <laughs> Do it now. That's me, Pocahontas. <laughs> That's me. They don't advertise for cops in the newspaper. Oh That's me. Uh, what if John Book and Blade Runner are the same character? 
just literally should hit the fan and that's the way life yeah, yeah. is now. That's the way he ends up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. Just yeah, like a hundred years later. Yeah. Justine, what did you think, my man? This movie is so entertaining. I loved it. Wow. Um, did you know that Harrison Ford, this is the only film that he was nominated for Best Actor? I, that he is, didn't win, whoa. but it's the only film. Yeah, and that, first. that's correct. Yeah, that's that's correct. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't really do a lot of Oscar movies and by no. the time and by I the time why he wouldn't win <laughs> and and by the time that he yeah he's not Harrison Ford is not I'm not gonna say he's a great actor he's a good actor he's a solid actor I don't think he's you know he doesn't he's not a heavyweight actor like a Robert De Niro or an Al Pacino or like some of the guys we've seen so far but he's yeah. a but he I'd put him above like Clint Eastwoods and stuff like that he's somewhere in between um, right, and a lot of times he plays certain roles that you could not see anybody else play. You know what I mean? Like he, like I'm, I'm sure you could have got 20 other guys to do this movie, but I, I think Harrison Ford brings a certain, uh, not charm, but like John said, he's in this role. He's really playing like an average guy and does it yeah. well. He does it well. You kind of see that his acting chops too in uh, the first Indiana Jones when he's the professor in his like professor mode and he's explaining the staff of the, or the Ark of the covenant to them and mm-hmm. the staff of raw, like you see, like he can be both, you know, bookish and, you know, smart at the same time. Well, compare this to what we're going to see in like last crusade, which is a pretty broad comedic performance. Yeah. And then you go, Oh, this guy, he does have some Harrison Ford does have some range, you know, like oh, yeah, I said, it's, sure. it's not, he's not, like I don't put him in the upper tier of all time, but if you put him right near a Steve McQueen, he, he fits right in. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, also you've also you've got to ask yourself how many actors could pull off something like Indiana Jones and make you care as much as he does. Yeah, and that, pull and pull off all those moments. It takes a certain kind of actor just to do that kind of movie. Exactly, and then go and do it well, and then go be Han Solo, and then pull that off. Yeah, and uh, you know. But um, what what ends up happening with Harrison Ford, I think, is later on he starts to make you know because he, he does get pigeonholed in a lot of action stuff. So then later on, when he's a little bit older, he tries to break out and he doesn't always pick the best scripts. You'll you know. So, I know he does rom coms after that. Uh, he did a, he does a really great rom com in the eighties that we're not going to get to, but there's a movie called Working Girl with Melanie Griffith. I saw that. Yeah, and he's yeah, fantastic in it. He's great in it. He's such he, a butt, but yes, he is. But he's kind of the third. He's kind of the third role in that one because it's really Melanie Griffith it's and Sigourney Weaver, yeah. and then yeah. and then Harrison Ford's in there, kind of being. But you know, for him to take a role like that at that point in his career was kind of cool too, because you know he was at the height of his of his powers then. You know, so I and felt he, like he did was anyone? tired, and he was like, "I heard these rom coms are easier." <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone seen Mosquito Coast? I have not seen it in years, no. but that's a good one to see. Because um, that was Peter Weir. That was the second one he did with Peter Weir that had River Phoenix in it. And he's very good, and he's not playing a very likable character. That is um, Harrison Ford's favorite film he's ever done. Is that right? Wow. Yes. That's cool. It wasn't a hit. It wasn't a hit. It's really, But it's cool that he likes it the best because it was that was some acting. And it's an interesting story. And uh, River Phoenix is very interesting in that. He plays his son in that. And it's an odd, it's an odd movie, and it didn't do well. But that's really cool that that's his favorite movie out of everything he's done. 
Mm-hmm. That was the next one he did after this one. Are you sure it wasn't Force and, 10 from Navarone? Yep, I'm on that. <laughs> it was Dead Heat on a Merry-Go-Round. There you go. That's right. He's in that. It was Apocalypse Now. He says, uh, you've, got a, you've got a call on phone number one, sir. <laughs> I like when, um, when he sees her naked and the next day he goes over and then he's near the door and he's like, if we if we would have made love last night, uh, you would have been shunned from the Amish. And then he said something about him. I forgot what it was, but there was either like a he would have stayed or she would have left. Yeah, but I was like, dang, that's deep. <laughs> that's deep, Harrison. Good job. I mean, it was nice that he like understood what was going on. Yeah, and the repercussions I mean, was, of his actions. He wasn't exactly. just like some piggish guy. Well, I mean, he like was. His normal, right. characters, his normal <laughs> character is like that. Han Solo would have been yeah. all over that. <laughs> I, I really felt for him. I think this is the only time I've ever really actually liked Harrison Ford. What did you just say wow. to me? I'm sorry. Wow. This is the only time I ever really liked Harrison Ford. Wow. We're not even in Indiana what Jones? <laughs> what is it? I didn't hear what they said. <laughs> I said, not even in Indiana Jones? I only like him in the last one. And at that point, I'm like, he's old. That's five years after this movie. Oh, you're talking about the last one? Are you talking about the Kingdom of the Crystal he's Skull? Old. Yeah. You're going to see a lot more Harrison Ford. We're, we're coming into the golden age of Harrison Ford. But well, this, um, is, this is it. He's on a roll. I mean, right now, this is like part of a 10 year roll. You know? Yeah. Air Force One. Yeah, that's gonna. This is gonna end it. Airs. His era ends with Air Force One. That's like the cherry on top of. Uh, you're, pre- you're pretty. Yeah, because after that, there's no movie you feel like you have to see. No. <laughs> Although he does a good job being Branch Rickey in uh, in forty two yeah. the, in the Jackie Robinson yeah, movie. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. But uh, it kind of sucks because he does. Uh, what I will say about Harrison Ford is that he does try. Like later on, he does try to kind of do different stuff. He does. Cowboys and Aliens, which was not well received, but he's with Daniel Craig, and they're great in it together. Yeah. Um, That's not a bad movie. I don't know why that was a flop. That was not a bad movie. Yeah, there's some good stuff that he he does have some good some good roles in there. And then he turns up in the Expendables, and you're like, "What the hell, Harrison?" <laughs> That's like, one of those. I, get, I need a new airplane movie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think he actually did his own flying in that too. I think that's what Probably, drew him to that. Yeah. I think Stallone was like, "You can fly the job, Harrison," and he's like, "Okay, cool." And uh, but um, yeah, uh, you know, he, he's got a. I always point. I like to bring this movie up when people say that Harrison Ford is just kind of like, oh, he can only do Han Solo or Indiana Jones. Like, no, check out Witness, man. And uh, exactly. you, you will see him. And you get to see Danny Glover be very menacing. Um, you know, yeah, we, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's cutting that throat. Oh, man. I'm washing That's my hands. Brutal. I'm washing my he hands. Did he cut the throat? No, the other... But, n- did he? Yeah, he did. The other guy did. Yeah, he did. He did it? Yeah. 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 The other guy held him and then he cut him. What about I this... Like- what about I this? like when the guys show up and he doesn't have his gun and he's just running around. Like I was, I was telling Patrick, like that whole barn is like a crazy like obstacle course. <laughs> like there's yeah. so many hidden rooms in there. Like it, I didn't expect there to be cows there. And like and that's what I was. Like, little hole. The, yeah, that's <laughs> the, trap doors and stuff. That was the point I was making. Just seeing the fact that he spent so much time on that farm gave him the yeah. advantage in that situation. 
And then, yeah, um, it was very impressive. Yeah. And like, I felt for him. I was like, oh my God, how is he going to get through this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that scene where he, where he basically suffocates the guy is crazy. You're just like, wow, yeah. that's a, that is not the way I Quite thought way somebody go. was going to go out. Yeah. I also like yeah. the scene when they're in town and they're trying to get him to not beat up that guy that put ice cream on, um, Carl. <laughs> I don't know his name. Carl from that. On Carl's face. Yeah. Carl. Carl. <laughs> Carl. Um, when you they say- put the ice cream on his face and then he like sticks up for him like, dang. Uh, yeah. You know, in the theater, when they when that played in the theater, the whole audience is all, yeah, kick his ass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you guys like this one. This Good is like, time. this is kind of a hidden gem. Uh, kind of a, people know it, but it's not, I think it, I think it deserves to be up there with a lot of uh, other movies from the eighties considered a classic. I think people have kind of forgotten about it, but um, it's a, it's a favorite of mine. And, uh, and again, like you said, John, it's two different movies. It's bookended by the, um, by the cop story, but in the middle, you've got kind of like this really pastoral love story and it works. Yeah. Yeah. It, it works. It really, and he's really good works. in both of them. So you're right. When somebody like, trashes him as an actor you you have to say oh you ever see witness you know check it out uh, he dances to sam cook um uh, you got you gotta love that yeah you gotta <laughs> you gotta love that and the fact that his sister drives a volkswagen uh uh, uh the wagon remember those yeah those? yeah that was a real popular car back in the 80s but yeah um all right let, <laughs> let's it was let's rank this john let's go with you first uh what do you give witness there sir uh, I give it an 8.5. 8.5, all right. Uh, Patrick? Uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half, all right. Jake? Mm, I give it an eight. Eight? Justine? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. I'm going to give it an eight as well. So we're going to split that eight and 8.5. But what a great, I, I'm glad you, I'm really glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I, I really. It was good. Yeah. It's, it's one that's worth revisiting every once in a while, you know. Um, just to, and it's well done, John. Like we we talked about that. I I think people think of tend to tend to think of the eighties in terms of either these big action blockbusters or the, you know this is like the birth of like the the movie franchises, right? Or yeah, or they tend to think of it as in terms of like the teen comedies, you know, the the John Hughes movies. You know, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that. I forget that there's all this great stuff in the eighties. I tend to think it was all John Hughes comedies, you know? Yeah. So you're, I'm guilty of that as well. Well, we're going to, we're, we're going to reverse course from this, <laughs> from this week. And we are going to watch, I actually decided, uh, we're going to do a, a Schwarzenegger double feature for, uh, hey. we're going to see the birth and the rise of Arnold Schwarzenegger as an action hero icon. So we're going to watch the original Terminator, which I yeah, think we nice. should watch just because I think that informs a lot of what happens at least in sci-fi and action movies after it. And then we're going to watch a movie called Commando. Nice. And then are we watching Fletch the next week? I think Fletch is like two weeks out. Yeah. Yeah. So do come. I was hoping this was going to be paired with Predator. Do the, well, kindergarten, kindergarten. <laughs> we have a couple more Schwarzeneggers to go. So, so Predator will be in there, but it's a little, it's a couple years ahead. And these are, I think Commando and, and it, Commando came out right after Terminator and it was cashing in on that, 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 that Schwarzenegger heat. So action boom. Uh, yeah, you gotta, you know, you're going to, you're going to see an oiled up Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> but I love this movie because it's not a movie I expect John to like. And I know he likes it cause he quotes it. So 
Which one? Uh, Commando. Oh, you know, I, I got to tell you, back in the 80s, I Alex and I pretty much saw every single Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> we, we all did. We all did. You couldn't. Yeah. You know why? I, I, was think, I was thinking about it because I was watching. I was watching Commando today, actually, to kind of be ahead. And he, you know, the, the movie's so, it's so, it's such a knucklehead movie. But yeah. he has that charm that the, he just pulls it off. He has a certain charisma. And it's, I don't know if it's the, the gap tooth or just the way, you know, it's his, his uh, you know, his accent that you absolutely cannot get through. But uh, he does have a charm and you just want to keep watching the movies because you're like, you know, he has a certain something. You know where we stopped? We drew the line after we saw last action here. We said, well, that's enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) But I think everything up till then we saw, you know, everything from Conan to, you know, Raw Deal to, you know. (laughs) Oh, Raw Deal. We missed Raw Deal. That was was another one that we we should have seen. But uh, that's that's one of his lesser ones. There's a few lesser ones, like Red Heat, Raw Deal. Uh, But you definitely need to see the – you definitely need to see Commando just because um, you're going to see more squibs than you've ever seen in your whole lives, guys. I just want you to know that. Yeah. So. The budget for squibs was in the uh, triple <laughs> figures. There. I got to say, like 90 percent of the 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 the, um, the budget is probably squibs, blood packets. It's funny because pre CGI, you know, those guys were working overtime, they're taping like a thousand squibs on them. You know. Oh, not only that, you get this is the movie that really. Uh, really moves the we, we've seen it a few times so far but this is the movie that really does the, the death wiggle you know the when you when, when someone's getting rid, riddled with machine gun bullets oh, in the yeah. movies oh this movie this movie really ups the stakes on that you're gonna see a lot of guys doing the the death dance the death wiggle um and uh yeah well we, I mean it really hit its apex in predator but this is this is well on the way up so um Get ready, guys. You're going to love it. And uh, Terminator, have you all seen the first Terminator? Yeah. Okay. Good, 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 good. Everybody on the planet has seen the first Terminator. I'll bet you Justine hasn't for some reason. I've seen it. Uh, yeah. It mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jake, yeah. Have you, Jake, have you seen it? I was it? terrified of that cop. And then when I was watching Wayne's World, I was even That's more Terminator scared. Terminator 2. That's Terminator 2. That's Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> oh, well, then it's all probably blended in again together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Ghostbusters was blended in. I was just little. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know. You're just a sing. It's like a TV series. It's just the same case. It's like just a continuing movie for me. <laughs> it's like an episodic oh, television fault. show. Oh, God. I love it. Crickets. <laughs> No, I was clearing my throat. <clears throat> All right, guys. Well, what a great week. I hope you guys enjoyed Harrison Ford talk. I, I really. This was a great double feature, Mario. This was a really enjoyable double feature. Well, I'm glad you yeah, liked solid. it. Listen, I, we've moved to the 80s. I've taken a little bit of liberties with like the timelines. Like I'm picking movies that came out like within a year of each other just to kind of do some programming for you guys. Because I think it makes it more interesting. And um, I honestly thought the 80s was just going to be shit for me. No, you I'm found a couple. What have you? These are great. What have you? What, what have been your, I do not trust your opinion on this. What have you been oh. your favorite so far, Patrick? What have you liked Whoa. in the 80s? Um, I don't know. I think Witness has to be up there. I think that's probably the highest score I've given. Okay. Wow. Besides Indiana Jones. Yeah. 
No, there's a, there's a but, lot of good stuff in the eighties, man. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm surprised there's actually things I like in this. I was really worried it was all going to be sappy teen rom com that I was going to kill. We myself. haven't even seen one yet. We haven't even seen I know, one. Thank God, don't jinx it. Not even 80s, one. Right? It's like eighty seven. We're coming. They're coming. Don't worry, guys. They're coming. <laughs> <laughs> and hell's coming with them. Bunch of zeros. Oh no, no. There's there's one that we're yeah that we're kind of skirting around. We're, we're uh, yeah we've how missed. How do you a- know Mario bought it? <laughs> yeah, how do you know what Mario has? Don't oh, worry. He has I'm it. hoping he doesn't. Don't worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna unleash hell on you guys. But uh, I'm be- I'm trying to be nice right now. I don't now. think Mario bought. I don't think Mario bought Pretty in Pink. You know? What are you talking about? That's I'm 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 a ducky. If anybody's a ducky in this situation, it's me. <laughs> Duck, ducky. I'm a real ducky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, have a good week, ducky. Have a good week, everyone. Stay safe. Stay healthy. All right. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. We'll be back Wash next week. Knock on wood. We'll be back next week. And, um, you know, we're, we're glad you guys are tuning in. Hopefully we're helping you along. Uh, you know, these are weird times and uh, just uh, we, we'll all get through it if everybody uh, does their part and do your part by sitting at home and listening to podcasts. That's basically what we there can you do. Go. Yeah. I mean, you can drink a little bit if you want. We don't mind. Um, I have a car somewhere. Yeah, you know, whatever, whatever you need to bake your edibles, whatever you need and to do. Hopefully, we're helping you get through it, though. You know, after you've had the kids in homeschool all day, I uh, maybe want to relax with a little uh, adult edutainment. Is that what we're calling it now? Don't, don't protest two inches from one another. Yeah, don't protest at all. Just shut up and sit there. That's all you have to do. It's like the like somebody said, this is the apocalypse on easy mode. Like, you know, we'll never survive aliens and zombies if we can't get survive the apocalypse on easy mode if we can't get this shit right if we can't just sit here and do nothing then we're never gonna sit home and watch tv it's what you've always wanted to do i don't understand why this is so hard for people but uh yeah right stay home you're doing everybody a favor and yourself a favor uh so do that and then we'll 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 record some more quality content for you guys we'll be here as long as we need to be uh as long as we we have all these movies uh we will be here so guys For John, for Jake, for Patrick, for Justine, for myself. We say this transmission ends now. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay brown, and fight the power. The power. I love. I would love if you were completely naked. I see. Sa- <laughs> Sandy walks in. You're like, "What are you doing? I'm podcasting, baby." Yeah, come on, baby. baby. I'm podcasting. Come on, I'm podcasting, come on baby. Don't baby. be like that. <laughs> hey, I'm podcasting over here. If you are naked, I don't want to know what that cord is rubbing up against. That's the only thing. <laughs>
Yeah, now if we get some noise, I don't want to know what it is. Uh, really, I'm. <laughs> yeah, next time we'll just podcast shirts versus skins. I want Justine on my team. Listen to Patrick. Everyone can hear him in the house. I can see my sister laughing. <laughs> you don't like the idea of, of you don't like the idea of Jake podcasting just completely in the nude. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I'm with like, good. but with like a I'm, I'm <laughs> leather chair, and I'm not gonna be able to get out if I'm sitting here for two hours. <laughs> that would be great. Sandy walks in; he's completely naked. He's He's reclining in the leather chair with like a bowl of hot Cheetos on his belly. Yeah. He's just eating them with like chopsticks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, eating them with chopsticks. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh my god, my sister's going upstairs. I think she just wants to hear him laugh. Oh my god. Dude, are you okay, Patrick? Oh god. All right. It's going to if if I do that, it's going to sound like Velcro when I get off the chair after I'm sitting here for 2 hours. So. Oh my god. Right. Better that Stop. than hearing all that rustling. See, <laughs> John, now you're you're ready to take the show over, all right? Now you know. All right. That's the kind of attitude we want. Oh, all right, guys, you ready? That felt good. Yeah, you got to get the last. Got to get the yayas out. All right, here we go. And three and action. That's how we do every one. And action. Okay, okay. Here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get him out. Rubber baby, rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. All right, here we go. Three and a two and a one, two, three.